Blog Talk Radio. With the speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty Hyo Silver. The Lone Ranger. Hyo Silver! Away! With his faithful Indian companion, Tonto, the daring and resourceful masked rider of the plains, let the fight for law and order in the early West. Return with us now to those thrilling days of yesteryear. The Lone Ranger rides again. Sorted out later, um, but we are back online for the next 45 minutes or so to finish our episode. We were talking a lovely talk, Steve, about cereals and the Lone Ranger, weren't we? Yes, we were. I was loving it. I was loving hearing about the Lone Ranger. It was it was a great yeah, story. Yeah, uh, and and Jay Silverheels. We were talking about him and and how you know he was the first really positive Native American portrayal you saw on television. Uh, right. Oh, that's cool. And we do recommend The Lone Ranger and The Shadow. But since we had that huge gap of time, let's move on, Steve. Let's go ahead and talk about yep. our other stuff. Beautiful. All right. So um, let's start with – we're going to do it in chronological order. We're going to talk about Stagecoach, which is, um, by the way, I've been playing the pieces of the score by the late, great, amazing Jerry Goldsmith. And as my husband said yesterday, you can always use more juice harp in everything. Right. He's correct. So. He is correct. So I we talked on westerns on on our episode earlier, and I had rated Stagecoach third 1939 and 66 tied for number four. And right. you did not know that there was an all-star remake of Stagecoach in 1966. Which, so you so you decided take it upon yourself to watch the Stagecoach 66 and I also just for fun of it because I love both of these movies for different reasons we'll talk mm-hmm. about that uh, uh, I watched both 39 and 66 so please tell me about your experience with Stagecoach and uh, I know you do know the original movie yes I did not have time like you you, you did your research better you rewatched the John Ford 39 which I'm going to afterwards now because, uh, but I've I've seen that movie a lot. Like uh, it's one of one of my dad's favorites. But um, I, I for some reason never um, we revered the original in my house. But uh, I should know about this movie, uh, obviously. But um, it's a completely different experience. Um, 
at first I didn't think I really liked it very much or um, uh, um, or that I liked it on a different kind of level. This is a big, like you said, like an all-star production. This stagecoach is like is a different kind of film. It's a huge um, old Hollywood production with a star-studded cast, and you've uh, who did Gordon Douglas, you know, and you've got like Bing Crosby and Margaret. Um, uh, who else do you have in there? Oh my gosh, uh, help me out. Uh, there's people like Slim Pickens in this movie that I, yeah, you know, there's, yeah, there's a lot of it, it but um, the difference. I don't like this movie as well as the first one, but I do love the Jerry Goldsmith score. Like, I think the Jerry Goldsmith score is fantastic, um, like everything that he does. But um, you were right about Anne Margaret. Uh, she is, is – certain things about it are better. And so I think Anne Margaret just gives a very memorable performance. Um, and also, uh, surprisingly, uh, Bing Crosby, I, you know, I still couldn't get over him really being all the way – out of my head as being Crosby. Um, I'm not really a fan per se of, you know, I do kind of like those movies like Holiday Inn and stuff, but um, just him as a guy, you know, it, uh, but he, I, I thought it was okay. Um, it was an interesting, it wasn't bad, um, but overall it's, it's a big Hollywood production. It, it just uh, feels like a different kind of product. You know, it feels like it was kind of definitely made to make money, you know, <laughs> I mean, not that the old one wasn't, but you know what I mean? Like this one has that feel of just big Hollywood production to it as where the John Ford one feels more like here, you need to see this because it's important um, in the way that it was made in film. Like, so um, I like it. I just think it's a different kind of experience. Uh, well, both films have historical importance. Um, Stagecoach, the original 1939, of course, at the time was, that was uh, John Wayne's first, big starring role like that was right. his that was his breakthrough um he john ford had to fight to get him to be on the show on the movie uh he almost didn't get to make the movie because he wanted john wayne and the only reason why they agreed to do it in the end is if they gave claire trevor the top billing who plays dallas who is ann margaret in the 66 version uh oh, so right. so claire trevor Stars in a film with John Wayne as Ringo, <laughs> you know. Right, that that's how it works. Uh, and, and the original cast is fantastic. You got John Carradine in there, and you have and Andy Devine, who I knew I was like trying to remember where I remembered seeing him from, and it wasn't that I was seeing from, is I forgot he was totally Friar Tuck in the uh, Robin Hood version, uh, the Disney Robin Hood. So oh, uh, the guy that's shotgun, uh, you know, or the you know Buck who is played by Slim Pickens in the um, remake. Uh, and then Thomas Mitchell is Doc Boone, uh, who is Bing Crosby in the remake. Um, yeah. Thomas Mitchell won the Oscar for that role. I so, prefer. Uh, yeah, who do you prefer? Oh, Mitchell by far. I, you know, I was, I, I was expecting, I, a lot of people seem to like Bing Crosby uh, when, I, when I was just reading some stuff online about it. But uh, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it was because I couldn't get past it was Bing Crosby. But I, I don't think at the same time, uh, it may have been just me. But, I, um, he, but he didn't do bad, though. I, I, like to, you know, I could be being unfair, but I just think Mitchell's amazing. Um, I, any day, hands down, I got to be honest. Gotta go well, with how I feel. 
I, 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 my husband would agree with you. He thought Thomas Mitchell was way better than Bing Crosby. I think yeah. the second half of Bing Crosby's performance, actually, I feel this way about the whole stagecoach overall. Uh, when the baby is born onwards, I think the movie is actually really, really good. Like, oh, yeah. Once Bing Crosby sobers up from um, in in both films, there's a key moment where he has to sober up and give and 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 deliver a, a child, right? Without going into right. too much, but if we're not spoiling like fifty, you know. You know I know it's there. been out for right. a while. Uh, it's been out for a while. You can get it from your library, folks, and it's free. I found oh. it on Netflix on some real random app for free, so you can find you Stagecoach go. and YouTube has full copies as well. So it's really sure. easy to find both versions of Stagecoach. Um, <laughs> but, you know, but, uh, the, you know, the, the second half of, of I like to defend a lot of people do say, well, the original is a classic iconic. It's perfect. It's it's exactly as a movie. It is like how you cut, how you shoot the landscapes, right. how you, you, and, you know, the and in 39, nobody, you know, black and white photography wasn't thought of as that it wasn't thought about composition wasn't even in people's brains really except for john ford john, ford, john ford and a few uh he few of them knew a few directors knew how to play with the grays and the shadows and and make these amazing uh, jacques latour uh, uh, i think jacques tenor we might be another yeah. person he was the one that did i walk with a zombie that's and, nice. all those movies val Luton. <laughs> But that's oh, we should do a Val yeah. Luton repo. I episode. love Val Luton. I love Val Luton. Yeah. <laughs> Ding. <laughs> that's great. You know, six seconds away, we can actually talk at the same time. Who knew? I know, it's crazy. <laughs> so, and I'm not used to I this. Know. Oh, I the know. They get blog talk gives and blog talk takes away. Believe me. I know. Uh, I'm, I'm realizing that all in one episode. Yeah. So, uh, so getting back to stagecoach. Um, so. Uh, I actually think Bing Crosby as the sober heroic doctor is better than when he's trying to be the funny drunk doctor when oh, Thomas Mitchell God. was pretty consistent all the way through. Uh, so, but, but I did enjoy Bing Crosby. I do enjoy him in that role because it's his last role. He didn't do any other major parts after that movie. All of his stuff was little things at that, after that. So, you know, I didn't, uh, I didn't so, think about that. Yeah, so like I said, historical significance for both movies, um, sure. you know, and and also I have to ask you, okay, the the big there's a final shootout. John Wayne goes to town, and they did change. There's a few key changes, and one of them is is in the original, he's going to shoot uh, his his father and, and his brother's been killed by this guy, and he needs to go to town to kill him. But he has two brothers that are equally as icky that will kill him too. Will shoot back, right? And, right. and 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 Curly, the the heroic marshal, the nice marshal, a good guy actually, yeah. is arresting him just to protect him. Like they actually sure. like each other, which is really nice. Uh, yeah. Right. You know, but but you know, but you get kind of cheated of the shootout. You in, do. In the first movie, like like they build up to this huge shootout, right? Yeah, they the, even nah. walk her funeral dirge walk to <laughs> to the whorehouses to the shootout. And she's like, oh, my God, you're about to do this, aren't you? And he's looking at her like, yes, I'm going to do this, you know. (laughs) know, And and then they cut away. He just jumps on the ground and hits his repeater. And we don't know. They cut away. They cut away to darkness. 
And and granted, what John Ford's doing is building up tension. Did he survive? Sure. Did he not survive? But we didn't get to actually see the shootout, right? True. I felt a, I always felt a little bit cheated. But then I saw the the the, the remake, and you right. do get the shootout. You totally and it's a mixed get but but it's cool. So I yeah. wanted to ask you about Keenan Wynn. Um, my favorite thing, this is why I end up loving the, the remake of Stagecoach. I don't yeah. blame the guy who plays Ringo Kid. What's his name? What is his name? I always forget his name because he's so, uh, like, not the yeah, best actor. Um, Alex Cord. Alex Cord. It's not his fault that, you know, he, he's, he's got to follow in John Wayne's shoes in an iconic role that everyone remembers. That's right. not his fault. I don't give. I don't. I actually kind of don't care about his. I think everybody else is so good around him. Red Buttons is in this movie too, as is Stephanie Powers. I mean, so many good people are in this movie. Yeah. Uh, you know, but what really stands out to me is Keenan Wynn as the villain, as Luke Plummer, the guy in this version that he has to go shoot. He's in it for like ten minutes, and I swear to God, in that ten minutes, he is the baddest, coolest villain like i wanted to suddenly follow that guy i know he's yeah do you have the same reaction like he just kind of yeah he's great no it's great i just you only it's 10 minutes of it is the only it's just that that, i think that it's that that part of it is more is as memorable as anything in 39 i'll give you that because that is who is that again who did you say that that was Kanan Wynn, uh, yeah. he's a character right. actor and a voice actor for Disney. I mean, he's been around forever. I mean, he just he he had that swagger and the bowler hat with the gun and the vest. Oh yeah. And he, and he was just like his voice was just ah yes I'm not gonna take give a fuck from you, Mr. Fake John Wayne. You know. <laughs> However, the shootout ends up. Yeah, the shootout starts out awesome, and it's really violent and good. And you're like, yeah. But then, like, there's some really weird cutting or something because you see Kane win. Step on a ledge. He had he was in perfect cover. The fire was on the other side of the bar. He was completely safe. And yet he steps that's on a ledge and gets shot with a Winchester and dies. And it's like, that's how it goes out? Like, the coolest right, right. character you've introduced goes out that way, you know. I, and so I was, I'm a little, I'm always a little annoyed. Like, when my, my husband and I watched I it just, again, and I was like, he would not have gone out that way. He was too smart right. to go out that way. But, you know, it's like, I, I guess I chalk it up, like, to Maleficent. No way Maleficent was taken out that easy in the original Sleeping Beauty. No way. No I never way. bought it. No never bought never. it. Never buy no, it. She might impossible. have lost corporal form for a little while, but the bitch will be. Now bad. you're talking about Disney projects. I can get behind. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, too many cultural references. So anyway, so I, I really love the ending of the of the remake, um, especially at the end when they show the credits, and then you get that little Easter egg of all those Norman Rockwell posters that he did for the characters yeah. in the movie. Now that I want you, I'm glad you said that because that I. I love that. That is cool. I thought that he, was really. He's in the movie too. He's one of. He's I know. In the bar, he's one of the bartenders, I think, or he's in the bar. He's in the final scene where they're playing cards. With yeah, he's one of the card somewhere players. in there. Yeah, 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 he's one of the card yeah. players. Yeah. So, so but that's, yeah, that's cool. Just bizarre and cool. Yeah. I love the one for Bing Crosby, actually. It's so friggin' iconic. Like, I looked at that and go, wow, I bet you that original went for a lot of money somewhere. <laughs> so, oh, I can imagine, yeah. 
Yeah, no, and the one of, uh, and I like the one out, Anne Margaret. I love Anne Margaret in the remake, actually, because she's feisty and, uh, like, they give you a reason why she's kicked out of town. And they're in, mm-hmm. in, in 39, they're being all on the down low, and you know it's something to do with the temperance movement, but you're not sure why exactly she's being kicked out of town. Anne Margaret, we know exactly why she's being kicked out of town. Exactly, and, yeah. And, <laughs> you know, and I'm not saying she deserved to be kicked out of town because, you know, but I won't say she was exactly an innocent flower in this situation. I mean, no, not at all. I just, she had no, blood no. on her hands. She had yeah, blood on yeah. her hands. But I think but, that's, that's part of what I liked about it too, right? Yeah, she, that was cool. I also think that the uh, final sequence with Crazy Horse is better than the one with Geronimo in the first movie. Oh, um, you do? Yeah, well... Speed-wise, the original is really good. Like, they really capture, like, the full-on gallop of, of what it's like to go head-to-head with a stagecoach. But there's no way a stagecoach will outrun Light Horseman. <laughs> would not happen. And it did. Never happened. In the, in, in the sequel, they don't make it. The, the thing loses a wheel, and they have to use the fucking stagecoach as cover and they, luckily they ended up in high ground, but the ending of that sequence is rather brutal and violent. I mean, uh, it's almost shockingly violent. It, it's almost as bad as what, what Peck and Pie was doing, which we're about to talk about in a couple minutes here. Um, but, not, <laughs> but not quite like that. Um, there is some people, Steve, that talk about the depiction of Native Americans in both of these films. Yeah. But I like to defend it to an extent in the sense that they're not characters. In this movie, right? Like, there's one. You meet one Native American in the whole movie in both films, and it, it's a it's mar- it's a woman, and she's married sure. to one of the post people. They're 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 an obstacle. They're more of a plot device. Exactly. Than they could be emotions, you know. I mean, they could. Yeah, they're yeah, a total. It, you know, if 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 they, you know, so maybe a little bit, but honestly, I think, you know, that I never really had an issue with that per se in this film because they're just, I mean, you don't meet any of them. You know, the, one of them is Geronimo, you know, one of them is Crazy Hork, and they're pissed off. And that's you all you what? need. <laughs> yeah, that's really all you need, and that did happen. <laughs> yes, Geronimo and did. Crazy Hork did piss, get pissed off and kill a bunch of people is what they did. I can't really blame them. I don't like to advocate violence or anything like that, but uh, I can't. Oh, I can I'm all about totally. kill whitey jokes. Absolutely. Okay, kill sure. Whitey. Then go for Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I, I can see where he would want to kill a whole bunch of white people, you know? I, I can actually... Well, you know, it's not under... It's into, not under was it Run to the Hills? Isn't that the Iron Maiden song? Yeah, the Iron Maiden song. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we know what that's so that that that's what this is about. The Stagecoach '66 is right before that. So you know that was actually like what one people are like. Well, they would have. There's an argument like, well, they would have never survived that with all the those Indians would have overwhelmed them, right? That's right. That is yeah. true. They could have killed them, but the a they had the high ground and they had some barrier. In, and they had to funnel down into a ravine to attack. Okay, you, right. even if they would have easily popped them eventually, they weren't that high up. But the problem is they took so many casualties. There's a there's a big group of horsemen coming their way, and Crazy Horse knew that. That's why all of a sudden, boom, it ends, and there's nobody there anymore. 
They just oh. say, yeah, we're taking too many casualties. We're out. <laughs> and that's exactly okay, we're what gone. We're yeah. <laughs> we got to get out of this. Perfect this, sense. These people are not worth it. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're not worth doing. it. They would have been so disappointed with what they hit because there was no male on that stagecoach. There was barely a few belongings on that stagecoach. What, a silver cup? We know there was silver, one of those. That's it. And whiskey. Whiskey's all drunk, right? So no whiskey. whiskey yeah. yeah. No, yeah, that's right. The whiskey's gone. Whiskey's gone. <laughs> yeah, so. They're getting nothing. I mean, it'd be the worst heist ever in the history of heists. Yeah, so. All right, so um, on a scale of one to up my butt, uh, <laughs> what do you rate Stagecoach? 66. Uh, I'm going to give it um, a uh, like a seven. Okay, you'll give it a seven. <laughs> I figured you're giving you'll give, I I I would give the I would say seven for the remake or maybe even a seven point five. I give it an eight point five to nine to the John Wayne version. Except oh, yeah. for the ending. I think, if I if I isolated Kim and Wynn's performance, that gives it a whole half of star more, I think. Because the, the Keenan Wynn performance at the end of sixty six is worth the wait through the whole film right. to get to that ten minutes. So <laughs> Uh, so I, I yeah, you've that. made a super cut in your head of all the elements that you like of each. Oh, <laughs> I could probably splice a version together of both versions and That'd keep the so cool. story coherent and, yeah. and use my favorite parts. But that was, I don't need to do that. So uh, somebody else can do that. <laughs> someone on YouTube will do it anyways, right? Yeah, you know, someone will hear this and film. Yeah. Yeah, if you want to. So leading on to extreme violence and and yep. and ultra, ultra violence in this case, right? Um, right? I got to experience and Sam Peckinpah's The Wild Bunch. Yes. From 1967. I had never seen. Before, Steve. Um, my think? once again, my family loved westerns, but my dad was not a fan of Peck and Paw for some reason, and so we didn't get much Peck and Paw in the house. Now, watching it, I did see it when I was a kid. I absolutely had seen it at least once, but right. I remembered nothing about it other than William Holden and Ernest Nine were in it. That was it. <laughs> Um, <laughs> and I only knew who they were because my parents knew who they were, right? So, uh, you know, um, have you seen you? You've seen this before, clearly. Oh yeah, I'm a I'm a big fan. I, it's it's funny that you, you mention your dad because uh, I uh, my dad I have specific memories of uh, my mom getting mad at my dad for my tenth birthday buying me straw dogs uh, for my birthday. <laughs> and I, yeah, dad. like my dad was huge into uh, Peck and Paw. It was a big memory uh, with my dad and I as Peck and Paw. I've seen Straw Dogs because it's a you know it gets accepted in horror film lists so uh, you know I have seen The Wild Bunch but I have seen The Wild Bunch and uh, and and so you know it's kind of interesting to watch Wild Bunch because you know it's you know you got the good guy posses and stagecoach right and then you have these guys who are not a good guy posse they not and they guys. are they are yeah. not good guys uh, you got Ernest Bonine and you got William Holden who else do we have? We have all sorts of mothers in this movie. Um, oh, okay. um, uh, I, I, Robert Ryan. Oh, yep. 
Oh yeah, well, Warren Oates, who I love, he's in the oh, movie. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and 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 so I I didn't know who was in this movie, and so it was nice to see some really good classic character actors pop up in this movie. Um, mm-hmm. I, it looks great, like like like, you know, cinematography is straight 1966 style Western sure. cinematography, and the music too, for that matter. Uh, so I. I watched the film and I, I sat on it and wasn't sure. I was like, I've, you know, I, I've seen these troops before. I would think right. that if I thought before I saw a man with no name or outlaw Josie Wales, I might've been shocked by it more because it mm-hmm. is very violent. And yes, uh, you know, at the, this, like as Raven said on the other show, squibs, the, the squibs in this movie are off the chain. I mean, there's some great blood effects, especially in the back Crazy. half of the film. Um, I think it's the best thing about it. <laughs> oh, well, that's interesting. I actually find it because I've now watched it twice because I wanted to see how I really felt about it. And I think it meanders quite a bit in the first two, almost two-thirds of the film. But once the machine gun show, once they get on the train and the machine Ooh. gun shows up, the oh, movie yeah. is awesome from the end there. The machine gun makes this movie so much better than, oh, my God. So the, oh, I, I was watching just before air, and, and, like, when he gives the general the machine gun for the first time, and the guy, the German guy is like, put it on a tripod! And they're ignoring <laughs> him, and, and, and then they don't put it on a tripod, and then suddenly yeah. it starts firing. And then, oh, like, you just, just when you think it's over, like, there's a whole new magazine goes through him. That's uh, right. You know, it, it's awesome. It's the coolest. Completely. That's the coolest thing in the film, right? I mean, that that's oh what. Oh my god! That's it is so bunch funny. Of <laughs> and nobody, and it's the only. I think it's like the only scene where a gun is fired where nobody dies because a lot right. of people die in this movie. A lot of people. Yeah, yeah, you're right. A the lot body count. And we're not saying that people won't die being shot by a machine gun later. Because they certainly do. Right. <laughs> yeah. so, Just wait. Um, but, but I, okay, so, but I have mixed feelings about the character that they're rescuing, even though I do think it's a really, like, Peckinpah is really coming in a sly little commentary on race, which I really thought was cool and progressive underneath this, yeah. like, Western violent opus to darkness, you know, but the character, but the, the, the character in question, he does some pretty despicable things. I mean, he has, he's a, he's a Mexican revolutionary and that part's cool. Right. I mean, and he's very good on, and he, he's very convicted, you know, believes in what he does, but then yet he totally shoots his fiance as she's sitting on the general's lap in front of everybody. And we're supposed to be rooting for this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, yeah, it's, it's impossible. I, I mean, he left town. She, who knows how long she was gone. The general moved in and she's like, you know, I'm a hoe. I'm going to hang with him now. You know, I, I, I see what she did, you know. But he goes and he shoots her. I, I love that scene, though, um, in the sense that um, the one of the, the best things I've noticed second time around watching this movie was the editing. I think the editing makes this movie really, really good. Uh, that scene, and then towards the end with the big showdown, he, there's this et- quick edit cut that, that Peckinpah and his editor are doing where it's it's not fluid. It's quick cuts, like 
still shot, still shot, still oh, shot, yeah. still, shot. still shot. But in that still shot, you see like maybe a little movement, but like you see exactly like these characters are like in this mode. These characters are in that mode. This character's like, you know, and everyone's like, hold it. Are we going to do this? Are we going to do this? Are we going to do this? No, we're not going to do this. Oh, no, we're not. doing. Oh, my God. We're going to. Oh, yeah, we're doing this. Oh, we're doing this. You know, you can see the build up. You know, it's like really, really funny. Like, especially in the back half, you just like you, everyone's faces. Like, we could pull out of this, right? Like, right. We could all pretend like this didn't happen. Holden's like, no, it happened. Bad. Yeah. <laughs> it. No. Oh my god. So, no so going back. The, <laughs> you know, there is. It, I, what was it? I saw the the poster said they 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 waited too long and stayed. What was it? They they came too late and waited too long. Is, yeah. is the tagline on the poster? I thought that's, that's actually plan. a pretty cool way, uh, and it's a perfect tagline for this movie. Yeah, because they are old aging Civil War veterans that are now outlaws, and now they're running around doing their thing in the, on the border. Uh, I thought the border was very convincing as one of the better depictions more, uh, from that time period I've seen. All the women look like women that would live on the border and not Hollywood facsimiles of what women would look like living on the border. Uh, you know what I'm right. saying? Yeah, yeah, uh, right, yeah. not not character. Yeah. Yeah. And uh everyone's very grimy and very sweaty on that Yeah, venue. there's no uh it's not a romantic vision of the West by any means. <laughs> no. I, I do wish there was more women the women are kind of like pushed to the side in this movie well, a bit. Yeah, Peckinpah has always had a problem with women. I mean, as much as yeah. I like it, uh the getaway is probably the best example of having a uh, a, a remotely good character. I mean, I mean, I mean, a, a character that he didn't, that he let in any way be herself with Ali DeGraw, you know, kind of, kind of shine a little bit, but at the same time, she still gets, I think, slapped around a lot. I think that uh, even in the remake, I think I remember being like, Jesus, like, I think they still had like Alec Baldwin slapping Kim Basinger around to like, I guess, pay homage to Sam Peckinpah's hatred, you know, but yeah, that's, yeah, I, I think that's fair. He's, I think he's rapey. He's rapey. Um, not yeah, this one per yeah. se. I mean, granted, like he, the one woman shot while she's sitting on her boyfriend's lap. I mean, that was kind right. of fucked up. Um, yeah, you know, but it, you know, they're they're they're. So yeah, uh, I would say I, I give it a slight pass in the sense that you know I like Christopher Nolan, so I really can't say anything about sure. like thinly writ women. Oh gosh, women girls, you know, I, uh, I like. <laughs> I like I like worse directors than that. So it's a, you know it's really I like you know even people I don't you know there's people you know I I still love like movies like Chinatown and Rosemary's Baby. So it's really hard for me to to sit there and say anything. If the movie was more exploitative, it actually would have worked better that way. Does that make I any think sense? You're right. I think you're actually right on that. I think you're right. Yeah. No, it does. You know, I think it makes perfect sense. But but that's the only reason why I wouldn't give this a five star movie. I would say it's a good like four three and a half to four star movie. Uh, yeah. Is you know other than that though, I think that as a western, it's solid from beginning to end. The music's good, the acting's good enough. Uh, some of the act yeah. it, the acting's mixed all through the movie. It depends on the characters. There's a lot of side characters. I wish Peck and Paw wouldn't do these weird cutaways where they go up to a person and see them do a wild take and then cut back. Like when it comes to like 
during the action scenes, but before the action scenes, right before things are about to happen. Love that sequences. But but I did like how he's try what he's trying to show is that there's a lot of children and women and civilians around and they're caught in the crossfire. I think that's what he was trying to show. And he's right. You know, and, and yeah. in the end, they're like, you know, at first they give this guy up going, well, he's just Mexican. These are Mexican issues, and we're just going to go and get our money and leave. And in the end, they're like, no, we can't do that. He's our bro, and it doesn't matter about race. We are our bros, and we got our bros back. And so they go to get him, and, well, they even give him up a second time. It's like, really, you know, uh, but at the end, it's, they give up everything for him. And so there is this interesting idea about, like, what – you know the you know the, the white privilege well before people had a term for it right cuz they're able to walk cuz he's white and he, you know they're white and he's not he's not able to walk he's not able to walk. yeah and that's yeah, not yeah it's just understood and accepted yeah it's like you know guys you can go we're going to kill this guy and we're going to torture him right. severely first but you can go just turn and around to, and, yeah and to your other point earlier i think that uh, i do think that peck and paul was making a political statement i mean we're talking about the late 60s here and it's it is always in these wars rich men you know uh um basically uh you know fighting each other or some people bad people fighting each other and it's always the uh, just innocent uh people that end up getting fucked and you know killed you know just destroyed so uh yeah i i think that that is something that, that you just hit on that that made me think of that yeah I, I like the film. It was pretty good. And, and uh, I, the train siege was awesome. And they blow up the bridge, and that was cool. And so there's a lot of cool in this movie. I will yeah. say that. You know, I, but, you know, you got to stick it out for the machine gun. Because really, the, be- the best thing in the movie is that the machine gun's the fucking star of the movie. I, oh, I would yeah, prefer. Yeah. I would prefer a Gatling gun, like I said before, overall, because Gatling guns will never jam, and that sucker will at right. some point, you know. <laughs> but but if you need to mow down a bunch of motherfuckers, at, to quote Fear of a Black Hat, you know, yeah. <laughs> that, oh my that God, gun would do the trick. <laughs> so, yeah, that so would do I, the trick. So I'm going to rate this. I'm going to do the same as Stagecoach 66. I'm going to say 7.5. For, 7.5? Yeah. I think I would give it when I was younger. Okay, when I was uh, like yeah, probably eighteen or so, I would have said it's a ten. But now I would say it's an eight. Or on a, if if I'm being generous because I like Sam Peckinpah, I'd give it an eight point five. But I also think that the the Wild Bunch is one of like uh, you know as I think about like his career, the more and more he drank and and the later and it got. I was trying to think of movies after the Wild Bunch that that were um, classics. And I'm not sure how, you know what I mean? Because uh, his, his later films really are, you know, I still like them, but they're harder and harder to watch. And he was harder and harder to work for the more he drank. And he really did destroy himself. But uh, The Wild Bunch, um, it, it, it's just really cool to way he was, he was having, he, it was like a moment for him there. It was before it kind of went off the rails due to his own. It was his own fault, but you know, at that I think I think that was kind of before that. So you're seeing like him at like his peak coolness, I think. Yeah, I, I would I would make that a good assessment. Just like uh, we got, you know, you get to watch John Wayne at the beginning of his coolness, and now we see Peck and Pot peak in his coolness, and they're all up to do with cool hats and guns and horses and 
you know, the, the, the Western oh, yeah. is fine. I, I actually am glad that people are trying to keep it alive. And there has been a few good modern Westerns the last few years. Um, Meek, I didn't talk about on the other episode, Meek's Cut Off, which is very good. And I mentioned, uh, what was it, the Va- Michael Fassbender movie. Uh, what was it? Oh, now I'm blanking on it now. But in Proposition, you mentioned Proposition oh, from yeah. Australia. Right. Yeah, which is, those are all. You know what really- I the only one on my list I just wanted to mention, uh, because I f- totally forgot to say it on my list somehow. When I looked at my list, I didn't mention it was Unforgiven. Has always been one of my favorite movies. Like I said, I'm a big Clint fan. But uh, when I was a little kid, that was one of the first like hard R movies. I think it came out like 91 or 92. But I remember I was just so psyched because my parents bought it. and Because I think it had just won Best Picture or something, so they went and bought it. Or was nominated, and they they uh, um, it was just one of the first times, and that was a hard R film, and that movie just left an imprint on my brain, and it was, uh, and I just love that movie. I was really surprised no one had Unforgiven on their top ten list. My, it was on really... mine, and I totally spaced on it. I somehow skipped it, yeah. and when I went back to my list, I said, "Oh, I forgot to mention Unforgiven somehow." Yeah, that, I was surprised because I thought for sure someone would mention it, but they didn't. Um, by the way, the yeah. Fastbender movie was Slow West, which is really oh yeah, good. Um, yeah and, that's great. And Appaloosa, we didn't mention that one, which is pretty I, good. I that's almost cool. too. Yeah. Yeah, Appaloosa is pretty good. Like that. Uh, two remakes like Stagecoach that are pretty close to each other that are a good fun. AB is Three Ten to Yuma. Both versions have I something agree. going for it. Bob Foster's in the sequel, uh, in the remake, and anything uh, Bob Foster's in is a friend of mine. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. so I, uh, you know, uh, what was Hell it? Hell in High Water is great, too. Hell in yeah. High Water, yeah. Well, isn't it the same director? It might even be it the same director. It may be. Sure. Um, so great. And he was the best thing about 30 Days of Night before he was famous, when he was just sitting in uh, that. That's the first thing I remember when he was just sitting in that jail cell. He was creepy. I, I remember him from what was that? Justin Timberlake, Alpha Dog. He is so oh, fucking yeah. good in Alpha Dog. Oh my I god! I forgot so, all about that. Yeah, I know. That was the first time I saw him was in Alpha Dog. I was like, wow, this guy is better than the movie he's in. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. so he's got way immediately. Um, yeah, he's so cool. Yeah, so all right, well. Let's see. Uh, so there's, there's, there. So there are modern westerns out there. People are trying to retell this tale. Um, horror-wise, I didn't even mention the uh, the Burrowers, which is one of the bleakest, nihilistic, saddest, loneliest stories horror yeah. westerns I have ever seen. It is really good, but it's very, very sad. It's one of those movies <laughs> I like, but I don't recommend to people because of that reason. You know, it's like I never know what people are going to yell at me for. It is absolutely like watching depression. I mean, it it is a depressed film. There's nobody happy in that movie. Uh, But but it's pretty good. I like that one, too. Uh, You know, so there's a lot to be found out there. So please, go find your Westerns. Keep them alive. Go find Peckinpah. Go find these early John Wayne before he got to be this weird racist dude that nobody likes anymore. Uh, yeah. <laughs> go go see Anne Margaret in the height of her career before she started dating Elvis. Not that that was a bad thing because dating Elvis is never a bad thing. Uh, <laughs> you know, but um, she she um she did this and then she did like I don't know which one was first, but Kitten with the Whip around the same time, which is this really culty, silly film. I highly recommend. Uh, um, you know, have you ever seen Kitten with the Whip? 
No, I know what it is, but I've never seen that. Oh, you got to see it. There is a Mystery Science 3, uh, Theater 3000 episode if you need oh, the really? filter. Oh, really? But, it, but it's just as good without it. You don't need the filter for that one. Uh, oh, cool. So, And that leads me to horror hosting. Did you see how I did that on, like, naturally? It's so cool. Because mm. we are... We are done for the night, but we do have another episode of Rebo Nerds coming up, Steve, don't we? We do. We most certainly do. And the next one, Steve, will be on the 11th. And, I know, and that's something that we've and, been waiting for. Yep, I assigned you this a while back when we found out that you didn't really want like Cassandra Peterson. So who are we doing on the 11th of July, sir? Cassandra Peterson, uh, Elvira, Mistress of the Dark herself, the one and yes. only. So uh, one of my favorite movies from the 80s, Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, super silly film. I love it to death. We're going to talk about it. He's watched it for the first time. Oh, my know, God. That's that. You, you really didn't watch any Elvira at all. So we, I know. That was, it was that. all new for me. My yep, first experience yep. with her was watching her speak at Horror Hound, as I had told you a few episodes back a couple months ago, and uh, totally changed my made me realize that I had uh, um, um, had no right or reason to judge her. You made a what's called a hasty generalization. I did. You can like Vampire and Elvira just fine. Yes, you can. So, but we'll talk about that in July. In the meantime, you're going to have a couple weeks off from us and Sexy Witches. So be free, Steve. Be free. I will. I will. And, I will and, be wizarding around. All right. Have your wizard and wandling. Oh, I bet <laughs> you the wizard of wandling. You must be – if you were in the Harry Potter world, I bet you're excellent at Quidditch. Oh, uh, I, I, I hope so. With a name like that, I should be. It's a name to live up to. All right. What house are you in out of curiosity? Um, uh, I – I uh, honestly, a Slytherin probably. I actually thought you were a Slytherin without even. Yeah, like, I'm sorry. I wanted to lie, but then I was like, well, a Slytherin would lie probably. No, Slytherin. <laughs> Slytherin has a lot. Slytherin has a lot going for it. I mean, the only problem, only issue with them is they're all a bunch of like elite rich people. That's the only problem with them, you know. That's but true. like, I'm not that though. That's the one thing I don't like about them. That's that's the one thing I have problems when it comes down to. Um, more, you know, I don't know, not, I just the, the rich thing. You you struck the nerve there. That's that's where I would separate. I would have to maybe form my own house that was Slytherin for the regular, <laughs> you know, the regular asshole. What, I don't. What position? What position do you play on the Quidditch team? Oh gosh. Um. I know what I play. What do you play? I'm, I I well I I I I uh, I'm a, a beater. I'm a beater. I'm a seeker, right? A seeker? Yeah, looking for the Quidditch. That's a seeker. Yeah, that's me. That's exactly what. Yeah, I always I know, loved I, those in the book when they would just actually. Kind of I take it back. I'm not. I'm not a beater. I'm a keeper. I'm the keeper. I'm the goaltender. So that's what I play. Oh yeah. Oh cool. Yeah. That, yeah that's so. like that. That's pretty intense. For Ravenclaw, I'm a Ravenclaw. So. Oh, Ravenclaw is a cool house. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's cool. I, I mean, it makes that. sense. The Huntress is, you know, she's, you know, she's not brave, but she is wise. So, She's wise, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, it's where you go for wisdom, and yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, our, we can, I can, I can talk about any pop culture and twist it to any other pop culture. Do you see how I do? It's just how it is. It's great. <laughs> it's, it's, it's great. It's what it's, it's what you do. 
<laughs> All right, Steve. Well, I think we're going to wrap it up tonight. We've been on the air way longer than we intended to. And maybe at some point I will edit these two episodes together to one big happy episode all together all in right. one spot. But in the meantime, it'll be two small episodes. That's right. And and we'll be back on the 11th. And uh, Sexy Witches will be back on next Tuesday. And I'm actually not sure what our subject is, except for we do have a preview of Days of the Dead Indianapolis, where I'll once again will be moderating some panels. And I still don't know what they are yet, Steve, but pretty soon I will. But I do know I'm doing two at least. So we'll we'll find out. Aaron Marie's going to join me on that trip as well. So we'll do a preview of that. And my my friend Vanessa Ionta Wright, the director of Rainy Season, which is a Stephen King adaptation, will continue our Summer of Stephen series and talk about how do you can become a dollar baby like her. Um, That's what right. What is that? Ooh, it's all going to be on the 25th of this month and next Tuesday at 9 p.m. live. So in the meantime, blessed be good film hunting. Good night, Steve. I'll see you in a few episodes and I think even though we played it a lot I think I'm going to leave us because I ran out of music with Blazing Saddles just to go into the sunset so we're going to ride our Blazing Saddle a force to light the way (laughs) good night everyone see you soon Star, his job to offer.